We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, so welcome, everybody. Uh, we're going to have a weird talk today. When I say weird, it's a, you know... A necessary but potentially uh, polarizing conversation after I was at the uh, the Omega League and got called out by some North American players for being, uh, let's just say, an overall shitter and toxic shitter to towards the region that I am bred and, you know, born in. So uh, we wanted to have this be like just an open conversation between some dudes and the only thing that I want to say to you guys that I want to emphasize for this conversation is I want people to be open about any good or bad things they have to say. But if you say something bad about anyone, anything, I would like you to think, if possible, something you would like to change it for. Like uh, if there's a problem, offer what you think could be a better version. Like if you're talking about me, if you're talking about something good or bad in a pub, I would love to hear not only what you guys think is bad, but also maybe how it could be made better. So, banana slam giant. Uh, welcome everybody. Let's ignore all that. We are. This is what episode four monkeys. Is that is that correct here? Yes, I believe yeah. we did two ourselves, and then Jenkins nice. was the third. Cool. So we're back, uh, banana slam giant podcast. We got ourselves some special guests. How you doing, Gunner? 
I'm good. You know, living life. Played some Europe pubs today. I'm warmed up for this podcast. Nice. That's good. Uh, good homework, sir. And Husky, you're looking a little stiff there, but how you doing? <laughs> and now I just stole 30 MMR. Feeling great. Feeling. Was feeling it nice. you or Arteezy that that stole? It was. It? I mean, come on, man. To be fair, you did uh, your your Chen recalls got me really screwed there. Yeah, so, yeah I, mean, I owned. Yeah, you you definitely <laughs> did your job. I'll, I'll give you that. And, and when you have three yeah. five positions, you know how to play. At least you know how to play three of them. So, uh, so welcome everybody. Uh, we're gonna have a weird talk today. When I say weird, it's a you know a necessary but potentially uh, polarizing <laughs> conversation. After I was at the uh, the Omega League and. Got called out by some North American players for being, uh, let's just say, an overall shitter and toxic shitter to towards the region that I am bred and, you know, born in. So uh, we wanted to have this be like just an open conversation between some dudes. And the only thing that I want to say to you guys that I want to emphasize for this conversation is I want people to be open about any good or bad things they have to say. But if you say something bad about anyone, anything, I would like you to think, if possible, something you would like to change it for. Like, uh, if there's a problem, offer what you think could be a better version. Like, if you're talking about me, if you're talking about something good or bad in a pub, I would love to hear not only what you guys think is bad, but also maybe how it could be made better. So, that's the only thing I ask, but I do want to encourage that you guys are allowed to absolutely flame the shit out of me, you're allowed to flame... Shit out of anybody or anything you feel necessary. So I want to start this conversation. I'll ask Gunner first, then Husky, oh, and then Monkeys because uh, he's third most important here. What do you guys think? True about the state of North American Dota as a whole, like the pubs, the competitive scene, good, bad. What do you think, Gunner? I feel like it's it's better than. At least the competitive scene is better than people give it credit for. In what way? Are you talking about the caliber of players? Like the, the... I mean, I think Quincy is a really good team. Okay. I think uh, the pubs for like NADU aren't crazy different. I think it's just like Europe has more time for that. Like acceptable pubs and NA has like a slimmer time. But I think like NA is a better... NA has less players. So you can get actually higher MR games in NA than you can in Europe. Like, Europe, I'll get only, like, you know, five good players, quote-unquote, and NA can have, like, nine or ten, like, multiple times a day. Okay. So I don't, I don't think it's as, like, one-sided or the other. Yeah, I, I've heard similar stories from Monkeys, so being that you guys are on the same team, I would expect something <laughs> of that nature. Uh, anything else before I stand it over or hand it over to Husky? No, I'm interested in Husky's answer. Yeah, so. go ahead, Husky. Give it to me. So... I was curious about your main premise when it comes to pubs, because originally you said that you had zero people, zero games where no one didn't try their hardest, right? Is that is that what you still? I said like th- your- no, I said about three or four during the entire time I was there for the forty-five days. Okay, because I mean I've, I've compiled a collection of clips throughout the last two weeks alone <laughs> of people on Crit Stream, Weeha Stream. I had Waga talking about how every day is people ruining their games, and my opinion is that NAU pubs. You get gamers like consistently on both servers. Like I feel like I have people break items every five 
eight games on both servers consistently. I feel like pubs are just pubs. They're absolute garbage wherever you go. In China, they have literal paid acting like gangs that will hold your games hostage for money. <laughs> that like, is true. I remember. Pubs are actually just <laughs> terrible. That's uh, a hot take from Husky. You want to keep going? Hot. I take. mean, if it's a hot take, what's your? What's? I, I'm curious to what you have to say. Like. So yeah, I'll respond. I'll respond appropriately to whoever's you know giving their points at a given moment. Sure. I would say that. Uh, so for me, what I've already noticed coming back to NA, and it, I obviously this is something I was experiencing for about a month and a half straight, and then when I came back, I get to truly feel the the stark contrast, just because you know I hadn't played NA for sixty days or whatever. Um, my biggest thing about EU pubs in comparison to NA is the the, like call to action between most players. I, I feel like very few games, there was maybe five players ever that I had to like beg them to do anything. Like maybe they weren't playing well. Maybe they weren't, maybe they're being super toxic. They're being shitty. I had people move command, follow me every now and then like that kind of stuff. I get that. They were flaming me cause I'm from NA and you know, calling me trash, my own teammates. But in NA, even when I got back, the majority of the games, like when I say majority, uh, the majority of bad games, so like maybe 30 to 40% of games total, it doesn't feel like anything literally happens in the game. Like it feels like one team gets ahead by one or 2,000 gold sometime in like the first 10 minutes, and then they get a 10,000 gold lead by 25 with no team fights, and the game just ends. Like the team that's behind just doesn't attempt to do anything. Like they attempt to just farm their way back, and then if that doesn't work, they lose the game. So for me, it's like, I could chop it up to maybe it being knowledge of the game. I could chop it up to whatever, but I definitely like I, I've heard mixed opinions. I know EU games can absolutely be trash. I don't think pubs in general are good, but I cannot be convinced otherwise that per like efficiency of time spent playing games in EU. I learned so much more per game over the course of the time I was there than I do in North America. And it's majority. Oh, no, for, go ahead. For for sure, right? Because you have you know a much larger player base there. So for every you know top twenty NA players, you have you know triple that amount of players or so. So on average, you're going to have better overall quality games, right? Which will lead to better practice. Unless you're arguing that the lower rank players are just higher skilled than the lower rank players in NA. I'm I'm arguing that in NA, there I would say a large majority of the top hundred and fifty players, like at least enough to have one or two of them in every single game, would. Like, they're players that you just can't stand fucking playing with, and they don't mm -hmm. want to do anything. Like, the minute their lane goes poorly, or something in the game doesn't go the way they want it to go, they just mute their mic, ignore everybody, and hit creeps until the game ends, and then you probably lose. So Something I'll, I'll say to that point is that I, I think that problem that you're talking about, BSJ, mainly comes from lack of player base in NA, because in NA, you, you know, like, the, the as a... Uh, Gunner or, or Husky just said, I actually don't remember. <laughs> the, uh, Monkeys the, hasn't been listening the, to a word you guys said. Continue. The, 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 uh, the, the, the super, the super, or like the, the players who actually understand like, you know, competitive movements and competitive ideas and stuff are much more limited in North America. And um, I think part of the reason why pubs get like as bad as you're making them out to sound is because Honestly, there's a lot of people who just dislike each other in this region, like like just straight up. I, I'm sure I'm sure any any of us could name at least like ten players that we just don't enjoy playing with at all in the slightest. And when they're on our team, it just like 
I, I mean, you know, may, maybe we don't necessarily like actively ruin games because we get them on our team, but there are definitely people who like they see me on their team and they go, "Oh, well, Monkeys Forever is on my team. Better go break my items now and like make his life as miserable as possible." <laughs> like that—that's that, definitely a a, uh, a mentality that is cultivated in NA for like quite a long time, and I I personally attribute that to lack of lack of new players basically which i don't necessarily have a good solution for but it's uh it's the click mentality that you talk about and clicks will always exist within any you know large community right but the problem is in na is you get the same 20 you know same 10 players in just about every game so you can't really avoid these people like you have the avoid list obviously but you don't have enough slots for that shit like in europe though like there was one day i played europe and I had like three games in a row where I got the same group of players, and they, every, like every game they argue back and forth, and they hate like people in Europe have the same issue where they dislike other players, obviously, but you don't play with the same players as consistently. Yeah. So you don't have this issue where people they chain queue games, they just ruin each other's games because they hate each other so much. Like I've had it happen, I've seen it happen in other people's streams, but yeah, there's. You're not there, there's like issue. the minefields, right? And yeah. <laughs> there's some game, and the next game, you're like, I have to dodge this game. And I go to spectate it, and I see a guy have picked techies, and he's walking down mid. Yeah. And I'm just like, nope, I'm, I'm out of the cycle for an hour. I'm just going to take a break, watch some replays or something. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and champion futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. So I know the player base is smaller and I know like, you know, competition breeds growth and all that kind of stuff. I totally agree with that. So a lot of times that I don't mention that kind of stuff, it's not that I don't mention it. It's like I kind of write it as a, as a small side note because it is just the reality. Uh, I personally don't enjoy talking about that. It's like important to know that it's there and it has an impact, but it's something that's not going to change. So like for me, I don't when I'm talking about this subject, I'm not telling you guys you're not allowed to talk about it or whatever, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts on like. What could be done? What can't like what are factors that you think affect the quality of play in North America? Do you think it's purely player base 
And if that's the case, what you're telling me is it's hopeless. Like, that's what you're telling me, because we're not going to fix that problem. Like, we're always going to have a tenth of the amount of players that Europe has or whatever, you know, whatever the number is. And if that's the case, are we just accepting we're worse, which I don't think is well, like a value? I, I, I mean, I, I, I personally disagree that we will always have a low player base issue. I think I think there are definitely ways that you know that that the scene can grow and prosper i, I mean as players do you think we can change that is it oh, our uh, job I, I, well i mean i don't think so i think this dpc new system is gonna help with that i think these players like yeah. on the ladder that you see who have never really tried to go pro but they've been high rank like rrl i don't know if you know these people but he's ranked like 20 but i don't think i've ever seen him try and play competitive like baby b kid like all these random names you can think of they probably don't think it's worth to try and go pro because like you can just go to school, you can get a job if you're in the States or in Canada. It's like it's way safer. But I think um, with DPC offering so much money with such a little competition right now, I think t- people are going to make teams. They're going to try. And that's going to help draw in more players to want to be good. That's what I think, at least. So I don't know if there's something that like we can do. I do think the stuff that like uh, I've talked to Jenkins a lot, we're pretty good friends and stuff that like this, and, like what Jenkins does and you know Game Leap and all these different, uh, you know, Content creating, I think this is really good for the Dota scene because Dota lacks it for has been lacking it for quite a while. But um, so I think that's what people can do. But outside of that, I think it's mostly on Valve because they've never been much for advertising the game. They talked about making a new player experience, but no one knows where that's going. So it's somewhere you'll find it if you look deep enough in the, in the game <laughs> yeah. files. I'm sure. Um, sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, you're good. But um, in terms of I, you're saying like Europe, like NA is still behind Europe, like. These uh, PPD in-house league games, there was one week where, I mean, sometimes the games are low quality. You get, like, random mix of skill levels. But there are some games where it's, like, actually just 10 pro players. We've had, we had one night where there was, like, three, four games in a row where there's all pro players. And the games are, like, they looked like Europe games. It looked like 5v5 running at each other in the mid lane to take the mid-tower mids. And it looked like what you see in European pubs or European competitive games. It's not that NA players want to play slow. There's just so few of them that know how to play fast, that know how to make good moves, that you don't see it in pubs. So that's, like, that's my opinion, at least. So, like, when it comes to NA pubs, I'll give a perfect example um, from yesterday that I experienced. I, and I'm not throwing shade at Bulba, but I had a carry player that <laughs> I had a carry player that was terrible. Let's just leave it at that. Their performance was below average. I think they're probably a support player. And Bulba said to me, "BSJ, you built items that were too selfless. You should have tried to carry the game on your own because you can't trust players on this server <laughs> to carry yeah. the game." And I genuinely feel like that mentality is a big problem. Like, I think that the average player in NA is encouraged and almost forced to some extent to play way too much for themselves because everyone just is convinced everyone else sucks and we can never trust anybody else to do anything correctly in the game. And I'm, I personally believe it's better to like know, okay, I look at my heroes, I look at their heroes, and I think what is my best what what can I do to best help my team or maybe best, you know, hinder the opponent team? And how do I fit into this game? And I'm just going to hope my teammates do their job because th- this is like a team game, right? So wow. what are your guys' opinions on that being a good or bad thing or even an existent thing in NA? I feel like it happens a lot where you're just like, I feel like I can't trust my teammates to do what they're like. I can't trust my supports to buy detection. I can't trust them to ward. I can't trust my offlaner to buy or items or, you know, items that help the team. I can't trust my mid laner to make aggressive rotations. I can't trust my carry to not sit in the triangle. You know, is that a good mentality? Like, is that something that 
Don't you no. think that could change? So, so, terrible. Are you saying you have that mentality or no? Or I don't have that mentality. I feel like the like I used to. I really used to. And I feel like recently I've kind of just accepted even if I lose pubs because of it, I would rather try to do what I think is best for that individual game. Like you called me out on it last week. You messaged me saying, don't you think as nature's profit you could have built more utility items and we could have won fights in the mid game rather than building the orchid BKB. And I realized, I'm like, yeah, I guess I kind of just relapsed there a bit. I kind of just didn't trust it. I had a really bad experience prior that day where I built those items on Nature's Profit and my carry just went in and died like three times in a row. And I'm like, well, I guess we lost, guys. So I was like, I guess I have to carry this game. And so I, I, I know we all know it exists. I know we know it's not exactly the best mentality. But is there a way to fix that? Like as a as a region, as like a player base, as like, you know, you're all players at the highest level of the region. You know, well, I'll say, do you see the Arteezy tweet like a week ago or two weeks ago? I did not see it. What did it say? He, tweeted, he said, I have the tweet here. It says, in Dota, the top three in air, like 20 wins off rank four and so on. It's free loses unless you queue in the time where everyone queues. I'm just bored because it's gotten to the point where you're essentially just practicing how to bait your teammates to make the gold XP in 1v5. So I was like, he's like rank one, right? Right yeah. now. And so he's agreeing that. He basically has to one v five. He's saying to win these games. I mean, if you yeah, if you want to win pubs, that's kind of what you should do. Um, it's about whether you want to win or you want to improve. And you know, you've gotten to the point. I think I've gotten to the point. Even Gunner, Gunner just first picks his hero every game where you know they just want to improve because we don't care about MMR or whatever. But uh, most people like they just play ladder all day, so they want they want to win. They want to get high rank, and that's the best way to do it. Like. Um, I've even seen Puppy do it, to be honest. I'm sure it's not a, a strictly on anything. It's definitely not. Like, I've seen Puppy where he'll just go on Furion spams and he'll just buy, like, carry items, like, consistently. He'll buy, like, Orchid, Desolator, like, Shadow Blade, and just rat the entire game. When I mean, you could definitely go more teamfight builds, but that's just, that's just how you win, like, really shitty games, especially. But, so, I, 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 I want to be clear. All the things that are, like, a problem with NA, I don't think it's, like, only NA. I just think it's worse in NA Fair. than it is in a lot of other places. So, and I or it also it's also the region we're from, so I'm tempting to say, well, oh, this sure. is something that could be made better. And I talked about in my video that everyone like told talked to me about afterwards that I realized I was being a bit harsh and also pessimistic, and also just it it was like from a source of frustration for me. And a lot sure. of the big topic that I would like to ask you guys is for me, it feels like there's this atmosphere of expecting somebody else to fix what's going on in the game. Like, if the game's wrong, it's kind of just like, is somebody else going to do something about it? There's very little, like, initiative that anyone takes. There's very few players that in the, in the NA scene that I can trust at all to say or do anything. Like, Gunner, you're one of the few core players that actually makes call-outs. Like, wh why is that a thing? Like, why? I really do feel like that's a big difference. In, in EU, there was a lot more communication from game to game. What? Or go ahead, go ahead. In general, just like as a player, like even in competitive games or whatever, it's hard to. It's easier to make calls when you have a game yourself. Like if if your game's not that good, it's hard for you to just be like to to know like what you want to do as a play. And usually, it's on the player that has like a good game. So like if you're in a pub, like if your offlaner is having a good game, but he's like the lower MMR player, he doesn't really talk that much. Like in theory, it's supposed to be on his job, and other people can recognize that, but I guess it's hard for you to like point that out, you know? Because even though you're, you might be like the best player on the team, if your game's hard, it's hard for you to like make the calls to like do stuff. 
Some something I want to say on that front is, <clears throat> as far as communication goes, I feel like uh, at least in this region, um, there there how how should I put it? The players that we do have in this region, that, that like you know the the good players or whatever, the the people who have competed or are currently competing, they they typically don't talk in pubs unless they also have other people on their team who like you know understand how to you know quote or co- how to communicate competitively basically um and i think i think there's there's kind of a disconnect between pub players and competitive players where the pub players don't actually know the 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 the, the correct things that they're supposed to be communicating or how they're supposed to be communicating it and like you know uh, the the direction that they're supposed to be making calls or like, or or how they're supposed to get their team to like do the things that they want them to do and stuff. And, um, the the reason I say that is because before I joined, I want to say complexity back in 2016, before that team, my, my cons are actually quite hectic because I, I truly never had like any competitive player talk to me about how I should, you know, uh, concisely communicate things in game because um i don't want to say that there's no no pub players who like uh there's no pub players who communicate because there, there definitely are pub players who you know are are trying who who actively work on their communication and i, I notice it because there really are not that many people in na pubs who like actively speak out their thoughts or like what they want the game plan to be or et cetera, et cetera. but uh there, there definitely are a few people who do, you know, actively practice communication and like practice shot calling, practice map movements for the team or, or like whatever. And uh, so, something I noticed with those people is like, even though I can tell that they really are working on their communication, they don't necessarily understand the most efficient way of getting those ideas across and stuff. So like even the people who do communicate in pubs and are like are practicing it, they, 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 they haven't really... They, they 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 clearly haven't really spoken to someone who like knows exactly you know how you're supposed to be doing the shot calling or like there there's typically supposed to be one person in fights who is like uh calling targets on like on what what hero the team should focus and stuff like that and um it's definitely uh it's definitely something that has partially held the region back because there really isn't public information about like communication and stuff like that i i, I mean dota is just such a secretive game it really is and I, I feel like it's the worst in na like te- teams don't talk about things they do ever it's just not <laughs> it's not made public like at all like the, the the most i've heard puppies puppies speak about team secret in the last like six months was that interview after they 2 would eg uh it's it, it just like I don't know. You, 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 there, there really aren't that many resources of like you know hearing these hearing competitive players speaking about exactly how they think about the game or how they approach the game or what what they're what they're what they're actually thinking of in the game, if that makes sense. And I think it. Uh, I, I I think I think a solution to improving the region is is making that information like more accessible uh i i I mean i i don't know how how best to do that but i do feel like there has to be more um more more support from the people of of competitive scenes not not just na but like all competitive scenes of just like 
I don't know, man, connecting with your audience, actually making content so people can like watch and learn or just like all of this stuff. I don't know. I, I, I think Dota is so lacking when it comes to information and just content in general okay. for, for people who want to improve, which I, obviously you do a ton, BSJ, but like, thank you. I... <laughs> well, that's like, so that brings me into a topic that I definitely wanted to bring up uh, during this was that a lot of the ways that I envisioned something like this getting better, like the overall quality of the region is at, it has to come from a select few people. And a lot of it would have to come at the expense of themselves. Meaning like if a professional player gives this knowledge to other or non-professional players, it's kind of like a poker player teaching another poker player how to play cards better. Eventually you're going to play against that guy and he's probably going to take your money more likely if you <laughs> teach him something. And, and so, so it's like, is that, are we at a point as a region, would you guys say where it might be worth it for anyone maybe that's not on EG to consider teaching to some extent. Like, is it worth sharing that knowledge? Are we at a point where we're worried about the livelihood of our scene in terms of being able to make a living from it, being able to compete with other regions where we need to do that? Hey, feel free to think about it. So, are you asking, like, purely just an A, or, like, why only an A and not, like, why can't a top Europe team? Well, what I'm saying is, is that the, let's, let's, here's how I look at it, is that if you're on EG, or you're on OG, Secret, you know, Liquid, Team Nigma, these guys have absolutely no incentive to change anything. Like, in terms of their own you know, livelihood from the game, how much money they're making, the lives they live, all that kind of stuff. But I'm saying if you're like basically not EG, where, you know, there's no other team in the North American region right now with a steady sponsor, at least as far as I know, with like a team house and the rig and all the works, is this a point where I'm mentioning NA specifically because like if you look at the second best team not being sponsored, is that a situation where we should drop our own potential like are we in the situation where we have to forget about if it could hurt us at all and say we have to do stuff that brings this region up or is this like just you think it's this is something that will never be worth it for players you know I, mean, I mean i i'm of the opinion that better competition just just makes you better as a whole like like i i i, I for for example say say us for my, my team for zoomers quite literally went in depth and like made you know seven youtube guides about like pretty much the 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 core concepts that we that we apply to like pretty much every single game or whatever e even if we did did that and that information was out to the public for like you know two two years or something and people actually watch that use that information to improve improve apply etc cetera, etc cetera, I, we 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 still wouldn't actually see immediate results. I would say, like I mean, the 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 concepts of competitive Dota, like, like it takes a while. Like you have to retrain yourself. You have to go through the motions. You have to you have to actually like make your brain think in the way that you need it to think in game. And if it's not thinking in like the specific way that you need it to, then it's very difficult to like consistently do all the things that you need to. And um. 
anyways, my point is that assume like in theory, say my team did that and then made made YouTube guides like our our entire way of thinking about the game and our our style of Dota is what would probably evolve so much in the two years that it would take other people to like you, you know really grasp a, a, a everything and like actually apply it and everything that like we we would we would already evolve our team and our our ideas like like so much by the time that like people would you know or, or, or sorry up and comers would be able to understand all of our content obviously other teams they would like look at what we consider uh staple ideas and just be like oh okay this is what four zoomers is going to do this is how they think you know sammy boy is going to be on ancients every single time or, like, like, you know something like that but like you know we're it, trade speakers now. <laughs> oh Josh, she doesn't do that shit anymore <laughs> yeah anymore that goes to my point of just like you know like like players are constantly evolving and changing so like e even if you are giving like kind of giving away you know quote unquote your your secrets or your ideas or whatever like it's still um i don't know it, it's more in my opinion bsj I, I i do think we are at a point that like we do have to make more content and just just be more be more Inclusive. open or whatever about about our ideas because again dota ideas are constantly evolving and like dota i mean dota in general is just rarely a stagnant game like you, you don't you don't just like hit a point in dota and go well this is my peak this is this is this is it <laughs> it doesn't get better from here because if you ever think like that you're done in the competitive scene like you're, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna just sudden or like continuously be the best you think puppy after he won ti1 he just went Hey, let's just stop improving, guys. I, I think I think we've peaked. Like, no, that guy works his ass off, and I mean, he he proves it with every single team he plays with. That's the hard part, though, right? Because it's constantly changing. So, like, if you learn something in a new patch, you don't want to give that information away because you that, can win yeah. games and tournaments off of that information. I think that's true. I think the the so like after like TI and stuff, like six months later, there are like guides from like No Tail and Tops and all these people. Like they they talk about these ideas they had from like the previous patch. They're not really relevant anymore. I think stuff like that is really useful because it gets you into the mindset of how to think about the game. I think yeah. general concepts need to be taught so people know how to think critically about the game. I don't think specific, you know, specific ideas relating to a patch should be shared, but I do think general ideas of how to play the how to play the map, how to play the game, how to think about drafts. That's that's the kind of stuff that uh, more players need to learn. Yeah, or more players need to share, I guess, so more players can learn. So, like, as you guys being on uh like four zoomers like you know i ask about this because you're probably the only new team that's come out of the works in the last three years for, <laughs> for north america um it's not necessarily that you guys are all new players you know, sad trombone you know, yeah some of you guys have been you know floating between other teams and uh i guess my question would be like would you agree okay this i already kind of asked this earlier but you say the NA competitive scene is better than it's given credit for. Quincy Cruz a really good team, all this kind of stuff. But until the DPC starts up, are we just fucked in that regard? Like, what? what is, like, you guys as a team, when you talk about this kind of stuff, are you just focused on the next step? Are you just focused on the next tournament? Because is there anything we as players can do for this? Like, well, in-house leaks mean, really don't work? Go ahead. Sorry. I, I mean, obviously, I would say the first step is like 
I, I mean, I, I know, I know this sounds, this probably would just sound silly, but like the first step is just people need to fucking put their, put their egos aside, put their, put just, just put their like toxic mentalities aside. Like, um, I don't know. I, the be- the, the, the best thing I can say is that, and, and it actually would go a long way for changing pubs is that if you actually don't have anything either a productive to say or b not toxic <laughs> to say then you you just actually should not type or talk in pubs because the, the this entire mentality that uh, and, and sorry this this doesn't even apply exclusively to NA I think this applies to every single region because I I feel like Dota players have kind of gotten to the point that they just accept that other Dota players will be shitty people the majority of the time when when, when you know emotions run high or they're 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 upset for whatever reason or things didn't go their way but like I don't know I feel like part of Dota as a whole is being is being able to you know control yourself and being able to still play the game regardless of things not going your way because let me tell you Dota Dota is just full of variables you the, you're, the game is never gonna go your way every single game like it, it just won't and I, I i genuinely would say first and more, foremost like people just have to be able to realize that and accept the fact that like th- th- there's a lot more going on than like what is just happening with them and like you know say you're playing carry and your game goes poorly for the first five minutes it doesn't just suddenly mean oh we lost every lane and like this game's unplayable time to go jungle on my on my level three pl until we lose the game or whatever like i it's just uh i i would say as players like for the four of us for example the best we can do right now is obviously just set a good example and like do our best to just try and change the mentality but like you know obviously trying to do anything more than that or like is doing anything more than what we're doing right now of just like talking about the things that are wrong with the scene is it's it's hard to actively do stuff right now in my opinion especially for the competitive scene because like i mean i i spoke to you about it bsj we uh there's just no money in the scene like at all in north america specifically i mean i'm sure or south america as well they, they have a short end of the sick uh, I don't quite know what uh, Southeast Asia's uh, current circumstances are. I, I actually Husky knows Southeast Asia way better than I do, so he would be able to say like how how their scene is doing, like prize money, prize pool wise, and everything. But like to be a competitive player in North America, you you actually have to be psychotic to want to compete in this region. Like you you don't make a living. Even if you're like doing really, really well, well, unless you're Quincy Crew, who quite literally has won every single tournament (laughs) for the last like seven tournaments or whatever. So like, I'm sure Quincy are doing fine, but you know, like us for example, we top three pretty much every tournament we played in, except for this last one. And I, I, I I think we made a total of like seven thousand dollars a piece in six months. It's been more than. Uh, well, oh, sure, sure, sure. Maybe, maybe yeah, it's a bit 70, more than that. Uh, 7,080. That's what... <laughs> but, but, but my point is that, like, that that's just over $1,000 a month. Like... <laughs> and you guys are of a very respectable quality as a team, right? Like, if yeah, you compare yourself yeah, exactly. to other regions... Like, like, yeah. like you, you, you have to be psychotic to be, to be doing this. I, I mean, obviously, we're... My team 
or, or our team, like we're in it for the long run. Like we, we want to go to DPC or we want to go through the DPC season together. We want to like get a sponsor. We want to get to a team house. We want to work our asses off so we can get even better than we are right now. But, you know, not everybody has the luxury that we have, obviously. We're, so go ahead, Husky. What? Oh, I thought I heard Husky oh. say so. Oh. Was, was that Monkey saying so? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to segue <laughs> what Monkey said into asking Husky a question. So uh, I hope you don't take this as me just straight up calling you out. But this is something I've had an issue with with other players more so. But I know okay. I've talked to you about this in the past. Sure, so I think there's two types of toxicity, right? There's the players that Monkey said, you know, they have a shitty lane. And then they just bitch at everyone the entire game. They just go hit creeps until the game's over. And then there's players... I had a particularly bad experience yesterday. And this was with Kitrack. Where I had a mid-TA who last picked TA in a terrible TA game. The KXY for Infamous. He played uh-huh. terribly. He lost his lane. He was bitching the entire time. And Kitrack's... Res- so there's two types of toxic. There's that... And then there's the guy that does that and the top 10 player who proceeds to tell that guy how stupid he is for the next 10 minutes hmm. and bitch at him for telling him how stupid he is. You're an animal. You're like you're ruining this game. Like if we if you weren't being so dumb, we could have won this game. Like Kirak spent the next 10 minutes doing that. And the reason why I'm like I'm not calling you out as much as I am sure, Kirak no, here I'm, is I know that you've done this in the past. Okay, where I had a talk with you thoughts. where I say, sure. you know, Husky, I've never really seen you ruin a game, but I've seen it where there's an animal on your team. You know, that's a <laughs> common trait. That's a common word used in the American region. Uh, and we give them the light of day. I think this is a serious issue. Like, I think a lot of toxicity in North America is enabled by the higher level players that like double down on how bad the game's going to get because of the one guy that initiates the ruining. I noticed in EU, I had a lot of people doing the the first type, but not very many doing the second. Like, I, I there are people. I get it. There, there's people that are toxic in both ways. But like, I noticed a lot of the first. And then the second was a lot of the teammates saying, you're a dumbass, everyone, you know, move on. But, like, in NA, it feels like it turns into this, like, bickering battle. So I would ask you, like, don't... Isn't this something that would drastically help? Like, I I was theorycrafting to myself attitude solutions or, like, environment solutions within the top tier of NA. What do you, like, think about that? I don't know what the solution is, aside from, you know, self-responsibility. I mean, I got into this uh, spat just like that a couple of days ago with Moon Meander. Um, I heard and I talked to Arteezy about it like a day later, and he basically told me that to just not, like, if, just never get into these NA, like, flames or any click wars or anything. He says it's just not worth the energy. It's not worth the time. It's not going to help your career at all. And since then, honestly, the last week or so of pubs, every, I mean, I'll say, I'm not perfect still, but I'll say... Most of the time, like I just don't even bother saying anything to people. I mean, it's definitely made me less communicative. You know, I've had people who I usually talk to a lot in games, like I'll captain the game, and they're like, "Why aren't you talking much, Husky? You're just typing." And I'm like, "Well, I just kind of want to chill. I don't want to use my mic because then when Quinn, I talked to Quinn about this too a couple weeks ago because Quinn was in this mode for like a month where he would just all mute, all chat mute the entire game. He would never say a word, and he said that like when he does use his mic and things start going badly, he gets really angry. That's how I, I feel too. Like yeah. when you're trying to captain the game and people don't listen to you or people make mistakes where you tell them what to do and then the, the game goes poorly, you get really you get more mad than if you just said nothing or you just typed little things here and there. I agree with this. So, 
Yeah, it goes both ways. Like you want to be more talkative in game, but at the same time, you don't want to get angry when things don't go well. So it's it's hard. Like I think it's it's self responsibility, and I think I don't know how to teach it though. Like I don't know how to make more people aware of this. I think it's a big well, problem though. I, I think just tier. talking about it makes people sure, aware. like on a wide scale. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the solution. I, is, I feel but. like it's not like it's it is self accountability. Um, uh-huh. and I I do think each one of us is responsible, but I also feel like as a culture, if we were to call out the higher level players that are doing this shit when they're doing it. If I'm doing it, call me out. If other players are doing it, call them out. Like, I feel like there's this, when we talked about like clicks and gatekeeping, I feel like the top level, like top 50-ish players feel like they're above criticism. They're above people, like people don't fuck with them. Like, they like if somebody, like say Mason's being ridiculously obnoxious on his stream and Blaming the shit out of somebody in a way that if a rank 200 did that, everyone would tell them how dumb they are. Nobody says a word to that. Like, nobody will call them out at all. Nobody will hold the top player accountable. Like, Kirak, I think, was being a complete toxic piece of shit yesterday. Like, I really do. But nobody will say a word to the rank 8 guy. And I think that's a serious issue. Like, I, I think, personally, like, us as, like, top players need to be on the same page about this like do you, you know I don't, anyone can respond I, I, I sometimes call them out it just depends I choose my battles it's tiring to call people out for doing dumb shit <laughs> but like uh, but the, the would you agree that like that clicky like you know there's some people that are just above you know this whole criticism like isn't that there I, I, I mean the the mentality is definitely there for sure. Like, like uh, to an extent, I, I, I kind of just. <sighs> I need to collect my thoughts. Go ahead, Gun. yeah, go ahead, Gun. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, like, I don't just calling people out isn't enough to, like, change their opinions or their minds. Like, I've done this before, where like. There's high more players. I don't really want to name people and like you know name and shame or whatever right now. But... I just did it. You can do it too. <laughs> Well, I won't be a shit. So I've played with players, and they're like respectable players. They're like professional players, and then you know they're on like top teams, or they're just they've been like top ten, you know, whatever. They've been to lands, and they'll like give up on games, and you just like you call them out for it, and they just get mad because they say the game's over. There's no point in trying. You know, they're like, because in their mind, in a real game, if the other team was good, there's no way for them to lose the game. Right? It's an I unlosable lot, situation yeah. for the other team. And it's like some of the solution is uh, it's like hard to say because like in pubs, I just keep playing out for fun until the ancient explodes personally. But I can see like for some people they say like their argument is it's bad practice to play because the game is supposed to be over. You know? Which I don't really agree with. I think there's a lot of people who just kind of give up way too early in these. Wouldn't pubs, you agree? OG to... would have lost TI eight game four if they thought that way. Well, I'm sure if you're at <laughs> TI, you're not going to give up to ancient explodes no matter what. But, but do you think they just sure. like that's the first time they've ever thought that way? Like, don't you think that that's like a trained skill to yeah. come back from those type? I of mean, games? If, like for our team, like we we'll play like games or scrims or whatever, and like. If the game gets really bad, we'll actually just be like, all right, boys, let's do what we can to make this game fun. We'll <laughs> just try to, like, especially we play, like, best of threes and stuff. And in game one, we're, we're getting, we're losing really bad. 
and we'll just be like, all right, guys, we have to laugh so our mood's good for the next game. And we'll just like do a bunch of dumb shit. We'll smoke killer five, just like make the game last 20 minutes longer and hold mega creeps for no reason. Like we're like, maybe we have a one person chance of winning, but we'll like at least have a good time. And like, we make sure we're all like smiling for it and we're not like annoyed it. And it, it like puts us in a good mood for the next game. And like, maybe that one person happens that game and we actually win. You know, I think I think there is actually. Sorry, I just want. No, you're fine. That. I think there's one time where uh, we were we were, it was one of the the streaks that we were just getting, losing to Thunder Predator every every single time we played them, and it was game one of uh, of a best of three against them. And literally, we were like two racks down at 22 minutes or something, and Gunner just goes, "All right, five man smoke, kill Wu Dota, and then leave the game, everyone." <laughs> And we, you know, we did that. We killed Will, and we just all DC'd before we died and called GG. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta like, I don't know. Even when you're competing, you you just gotta you gotta remember that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Dota is a fun game, and there, there's so many things that you can do to just like enjoy yourself and just keep keep it keep it more casual rather than just like getting super stressed and tense and be like oh my god you gotta do everything perfectly all the time oh like i can't believe we fucked this game up like i don't know again shit happens things go things go awry things things fuck up like i don't know i i again i i truly think it's good practice to like it's good practice to just like get used to the stress and just be like I don't even have to be stressed right now. Like it's it's a game. We like I can learn from this. I can just do better next time. Like they, I, I I don't know. Dota Dota isn't as black and white as uh as I feel like the community thinks it is. And um yeah, it, it's just something that like that, that that just needs to become more like more normal i'd say <laughs> i just realized as an na player that i thought a lot like that I, I realized to myself that i thought very black and white about dota i thought like a lot of time it wasn't worth practicing situations that weren't ideal meaning like we should have just prevented this situation from happening in the first place but like the fact is so much shit happens in a game right there's millions of small decisions that if one of them goes the wrong way it could actually alter significantly how the game's going to play out like if the guy barely lives barely dies whatever and I just I've realized for my own self that just whatever situation I'm in, accepting whatever's happened and saying, what do I think is the best play from here? And I, I feel like that mentality is really hard to. To have be common between like five people in a Dota game, and I personally think it's the most important mindset that would help in a be a better I region. I personally think if we could just convince top players to just try like when i say try i mean just like what's our one win condition go for it. you know like there are so many games in the EU that were like we had one percent chance to win the game and my team's just like let's smoke up and get them and i was like okay i'm like fuck i i don't think this is gonna work and it worked you know one out of a hundred times like it, it, you know it did work once or twice the entire time i was there i i feel like that attempt doesn't even occur in a hardly ever and the biggest thing for me there is like i don't expect to win these games i don't expect to um, like I'm not upset about this because I feel like there's wins being taken away from me. I'm just upset because I feel like that's a big portion of the game. I feel like after I've it's been brought to my attention, this is a large skill that's a very important, especially in competitive, where if players are of equal skill to you, there's a lot of times that random shit's going to go wrong and the game's going to could go either way, and you have to be able to know how to play from both sides of the coin. So, yeah. um, I think you mentioned it already and. 
Um, I guess like, you know, Husky mentioned it. He said when the team's being toxic or people aren't listening, you know, it's really hard to want to talk. But I think what I would recipro- like how I would respond to that would be my mentality has been, you know, the communication. I agree. It's really hard to talk when everyone's being toxic. But I like to think to myself, you know, what what it, can my hero do? You know, if anything, if that if all my hero can do is sit in base. I had a hilarious game the other day where I was Necro. We had the shittiest lane setup ever. And our only farm tier was Terrorblade. And I was like. I think I just have to sit behind my Terrorblade. I have a mech, and I just have to follow this guy. I literally, like, almost move command followed him while he was farming, because I couldn't do anything else. Like, the whole map was dead. They had Lion Slardar, you know. Nobody's playing alone. They're all going to die. And they just went on my Terrorblade, and we killed them, like, four times in a row. We never, we didn't win. We didn't win. Don't get me wrong. We did not win this game. But I was like, I think my, my the only thing my hero can do in this game is this. And so I feel like, you know... Would you agree that a lot of people use the excuse that when people are being toxic, I can't communicate to kind of just forget what they could do as their own hero? Like, I feel like a lot of people kind of scapegoat that. Does that make sense? What I said? Uh, well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say what I why what I do when people get toxic on my team. Like, I, I mean, and not not to even pretend that I, I'm perfect either. And I know everyone has said this so far, but like, I mean, like I, I can definitely be insanely fucking passive aggressive in pubs, and I know it. And it's something that I have also been working on over the past months. But um, that t- typically what I do now when people are toxic, I, I I just have a zero tolerance policy. I just mute them, and I just go, all right, you know, if if that's just the way you want to be, that's the way you want to be. Like I I just have zero time in my life for the shit. I, I do not want to waste my time being angry or upset or stressed because of other people just not having a good grasp on like the way they handle their own shit. So I just I just mute people that are just shitty people and and you know I avoid them if I need to. I, I like whatever. Like, How do you I just... approach the game moving forward from there though? You've now muted this guy. Like what's your? <laughs> I, I I mean you, you know you mute him and you just you, you just continue communi- communicating to your team like you know what what you think is the best the best way to approach the game obviously and I, i'm not saying like you have to you have to be able to do it 100 percent of the time and like you have to be absolutely flawless but like you know if you if you work towards being able to apply those apply those steps in games like you you will you will get better at it and like i i, I mean I, honestly one of the most frequent questions on my stream is like mo- monkeys how do you not tilt like or like ever like i because or you know ever i definitely tilt on stream don't don't worry but <laughs> but like people ask me that question all the time and i mean i i have been working on this shit for the last six years like it's not like i just suddenly played dota and i'm like oh yeah let's go yeah, get them guys, guys. Yeah. like i fucking actively worked on this like really really hard and it's it's a lot of effort it takes a lot of time but like you know, if you know this information and like you you are trying to apply it to to your games and your pubs and and the way you communicate and everything, like you will start seeing a, a, like improvement and differences, and like you'll get better at the game. You really will. Has he uh, bled off on either of you two in this regard, Gunner or Husky? I mean, my chat says the same thing. They're like, "How do you not tilt so much, Gunner?" And like, you know, the other day I just got really mad at this guy for reading my game, but it's like. They only see, like, people don't see, like, every game, right? Like, people don't watch every game you play. You're the only one who experiences every game you play. So, like, they might, 
only take the positives or the negatives. Like, you know, and there are players where you might only see them play their bad games. And it's hard to like judge players based on one game. Uh, just in general, like, I don't know. I think it's hard to say, like, for like players, whether they're good or not, based on like one or two games. Like, I, as a general thing, I think people don't give as much like extra, like extra time for credit. The way, pubs, maybe? you know, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know, if if a player ruins a game just because he wasn't that good, the next time you see him, that's who you're gonna think of the first time you see him, right? And now that's gonna be in your mind, and I think that that could be an issue. And it's hard to fix. Like I know there's people. If I see them ruin a, a game on my team, I'll just avoid them, and I don't want to play with them for the next. When you say weeks. ruined, you mean they played poorly, or they like tox? They they were so toxic, you know, the team lost. Probably both. Most of my list is both. Do you not treat them separately, like in your mind, like when you think of these players? If they're just toxic for no reason, I just kind of mute them and I move on. But if they're toxic and they're ruining the game by being toxic. You know, they're like, this game, I want to go AFK. I don't want to play this game anymore. Are they like, you know, there's like players who like are ranked 300 and they just like, I had some guy who's ranked 300 and we had, uh, I was on the team and some other like, you know, top 50 core players on the team. And he's like, life's too short not to steal mid. And he's just like, first picks SF. <laughs> and I was just like, well, okay. And he ruins that game. And then the next game, he first... I avoided him, and I was like considering maybe that avoid was worth it or not. In the next game, he has Arteezy on his team, and he first randoms Wraith King, and now Arteezy goes off lane. <laughs> and like ten minutes of the game, Arteezy's like, "Yup, y'all can go throw now. This is a good one." That was Madara the Immortal. You see, I well, that game. <laughs> so we laugh about yeah. this, but isn't this shit like unbearable as a Dota player when you play consistently throughout the course of the day, like? I, I know. It, I, honestly, I laugh too. Like, I think that shit's hilarious. I think that's a really funny story. But to be like, to be real, isn't that like horrible? That that's like even considered allowed or like realistic that it even happens in our game? Or do you just think nothing of it and move on? I mean, I think of it somewhat as a casualty of war for like playing comes. <laughs> like, you have you have nine random players that you can't control. For me, one of the things I always think of myself when I get mad is like, there's only four extra people on your team and five on the other team. I see. So if there's too, one yeah. game runner in the cycle, there's a higher chances on the other team. Yeah. And I just, I, it's like, I mean, personally, if, if they, that just wouldn't happen, you know, that'd be great. I'd, I'd enjoy pubs even more. But it's hard for me to just be like, yeah, this will never happen. Like, this is intolerable because, you know, accounts are free. People have like, 10 smurfs that they just will play at random smurfs they'll jump like yeah, out people no one in specific and no particular players he's calling out here guys <laughs> you don't know who i'm calling out and it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to be like you have to stop because there's people who get banned for like six months of those accounts they just hop on their necks they just queue it up again they just play these pubs so it's not really like a simple thing to fix because like the report system is acceptable but Especially like in high MR pubs, it's hard to just like ban people and play play good games consistently over over a long period of time. Because there's always going to be people that just get mad and they don't want to play the game anymore. Do you think it's worth as like high level players though? I guess the question that I would pose to you is: you said it's hard to fix this, but like, would it be worth it as high level players 
in the region since the pool is so small to actually talk about this shit outside of the game. Like having a closer knit community in some capacity, some way that if it were possible, this is obviously theory, but if it were possible, do you think that that's something that could help or would be worth trying? Sounds like an in-house league. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, no yeah. but I'm saying an in-house league is where you're playing Dota together. I'm talking about where I, I think just like anything else, you know, in the workplace or whatever, you have to be able to talk to the people you're working with outside of work. Otherwise, you know, you're always in this high-stress situation. I think if you only talk to somebody in a game of Dota, the average stress levels of a Dota game is, like, way higher than yeah. us talking here, right? We're all calm. We're all, like, composed I, do you think that having potential avenues of conversations like outside of Dota games could be helpful? Uh, well, I, I agree that the like talking in game of Dota is like way more stressful. Like, I played a a pub today, and I had some like top ten gyros my carry. I think it was like GPK on a Smurf, and. You know, the game was really chill. We're winning the game and we're like diving their base and there's some fight where I have no TP and my remnant's also cooldown so I can't heal. And he got really mad at me for not like telling my team that I can't be in the fight and that I needed like someone to heal me. And then the game ends, we start throwing them and he's like, oh, I'm sorry for flaming you. It's like the whole, you know, when something goes wrong, you get like really stressed out. The game's played out. But then the second the game's over, you know that you won the game. You're like, okay, cool. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to flame you, you know. I was just mad. mad. I was mauled. What can you do? Uh, so, but I also think it's it's not the simplest like way to get a solution to just have a talk outside of the game because a lot of Dota players would rather just queue a pub instead of doing something that's well, not. We're Dota. also we're not saying necessarily that this is realistic to convince players to do. Sure. But ideally, if we could get them to do that, just like taking care of, say, being in good shape or. You know, eating right. Isn't this something that, like, high-level teams... You think Dota players do either? Well, no, but what I'm saying is, like, I, 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 you laugh at it, right? But, yeah, like, why is it so accepted that we just don't give a shit about anything outside of the game of Dota? Like, isn't it somewhat important to have these things? Like, I, I'm, I think these problems are actually a strong contributor. I think the times in my life where I've neglected myself outside of the game... I'm a worse player. I'm more toxic. Like, I don't focus as well. I think this stuff's actually pretty important. I hear a lot of top-level players, you know, talk about the habits they've learned outside of the game. So during this talk, we've talked about, like, the NA mentality, the NA toxicity, the state of the region, all this kind of stuff. And for me, since I've, you know, got called out for what I did get called out for, I've been basically trying to be in this like self-reflective, like what is there, you know, spitball ideas of what could possibly help. So all laughing aside, it's like, is this now, this is one of the few things that seem like a realistic, like, I don't want to say realistic as in like everyone could do it, but like it, I think it would actually help. So ignoring convincing people to do this, do you guys agree that that would help? Do you think that the people in these Dota games are worse because of the lives they lead outside of Dota? Would be my question. I think that's you an want, individual You, you want to take this one, Husky? It's not an easy question, and I know I didn't, like, prep you guys for this question. Sure. Well, if Husky was to say something, he can, but, like, my thing is, I think that's hard to 
say as a general thing because I think everyone's different. Like for me, I literally will just play Dota all day. And if I'm not playing Dota, I'll, I'll be watching Twitch streams or I'll be watching a game in game. Like I actually just do only Dota basically. Or I'm thinking about like what I want to do in drafts and stuff like that. And it works for me because it's, it's what I like doing. I just want to play Dota all day. Like I'll occasionally play a game that's not Dota and I'll be playing that game for like an hour. I'm like, I could be playing Dota right now. <laughs> and I get bored, I quit the game and I go queue too. Dota at three in the morning. So you're an exception for like sure, a, though, Gunner. You just seem like an easygoing, happy guy in general. Like, I am not that way personally. Like, if I don't have the maintenance that I take for myself, just I go off the deep end. And I think more players are like me than they are like you. And that's not a good thing, but that is how I would deem the reality. So maybe you weren't the best person to ask, you know, gaming 20 hours a day Zoomers that just. You know, coming in the next game, saying how happy they are to be here and play the game of Dota. I don't know, man. Yeah. So, Husky, you want to say anything about that one? Or? Man, I play as many pubs as you, probably. So, I'll say there was a few months in, a few months into quarantine where I started a routine where I'd wake up like earlier than usual. I'd wake up at like 9, 10 a.m. Not on my own accord. My parents and siblings are very loud. So. <laughs> of course, not on your own um, <laughs> I'd wake up early. I'd go outside and read in the summer. And then I'd go for a run. And then I'd come back, we'd have scrims, tournament games, whatever, and then I'd go for a bike ride after, and I felt really, really nice, really, really healthy, and that made me play better. But uh, I break those habits very easily. So they kind of go in and out. I'll do it for a few weeks, and I'll stop doing it for a few weeks, and I do it for a few weeks. But it definitely feels better to do it. I'm with, with BSJ on that. But um, yeah, I play a lot of pubs too, so... It's just, uh, I think priorities are potentially an issue that was kind of like what i was getting at this entire time but go ahead monkeys so i i, I was just gonna say because i obviously i'm one of the older <laughs> people on here you are the, wait, 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 the when i when i was like gunner and husky's age literally all i did was 14 to 16 hours of dota a day that, that was like that was my life nothing else mattered it, i would i would do dota things and i would eat food and then i would do more dota things and that that was quite literally my life and um I, I think I think you definitely like I, I mean, at least if you're looking to pursue Dota as like as a career or whatever, but like when, when you're young, sure, you can you can put in the hours that you need to to like, you know, understand the game, understand concepts, talk to people that are better than you, just improve, 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 watch replays, etc. Like whatever. I, like if you're if you're aiming to pursue this as a profession, you, you have to obviously put in the time. Otherwise, you'll, you'll never get there. But um, I think. I think at a certain point, though, every person who, you know, I, I mean, really, no matter what it is that you want to do as a profession, you have to understand there's a balance to everything. You have to you have to be able to, you know, take care of yourself while also being able to, like, you know, compete at the highest level or whatever, or, or be able to do whatever you do at the highest level, because um as soon as as soon as you stop taking care of yourself, it really does just affect your mentality in such a negative way. And like, I, I'm sure a lot of people will, will maybe even laugh at what we're saying, but like, you you do really have to like take care of yourself first and foremost. I, I mean, for example, uh, during this quarantine, there there was there was like a three month time frame that I was doing like no physical activity or anything because Me I had too. a knee injury, and in addition, there was like. Uh, there was just nothing open like i couldn't go to rock climbing gym i couldn't play soccer i couldn't go to a regular gym so pretty much my only thing that i was able to do was go for a run in the park near my house and 
again, I, I had a knee injury, so I didn't even want to go for runs. And in that like three month time frame that I was quite literally doing nothing, I I it, my my mentality just just got so fucked. Like I, I just I just started feeling worse and worse and worse and worse. And like it it it, it affects you more than you can possibly imagine when, when when that type of stuff like like happens to you. And uh, it, it is definitely important to be be aware of it and like understand yourself enough to be like oh maybe i'm not like really taking care of myself in this aspect of life so like i i have to like you know work harder there or whatever but like i don't i don't i don't really know how to actively teach people that right because that that's something that i personally just learned for myself over the years talking to other people and just kind of like getting ideas and just just understanding the importance of truly taking care of yourself physically and mentally. Um, okay. So we are going, it's already been about 70 minutes. Usually this is longer than our other podcast. We did have four people though. And even though, uh, it's hard to get everyone to speak, I I'm going to wrap us up here with some final comments. I'm going to give one last question to you guys here. So I guess simply put, are we cool? No, VSJ. No. I mean, you can't just say no. You have to, like... <laughs> we have to elaborate? <laughs> yeah, you have to elaborate. No. You can't ask a yes or no question and then get upset at the no. Oh, I mean, it, are we cool? If yes, why? If no, why? Is that the better, is that the better question? I, 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 thought, I, don't I thought you were going to go like if yes, you know, like the why, how you write like Y or N for yes or no on some things. That's where you're going when you're like, if yes, why? Well, I think, well, the big thing for me is that uh, the last thing I was trying to do was like drive a wedge between the people that like that I that I, I didn't want to create like two sides. Right. Like, I feel like that was a problem that based on how polarizing I was at the Omega League, as well as the way I handled the situation uh, originally. I created a polarizing situation that kind of creates two sides. And I didn't want that. That wasn't, I, I regretted the way I handled it. So when I say like, are we cool? Like it's, you know, I was kind of making a joke, but at the same time, it's like the real question would be like, you know, do you guys think as a region, we should like moving forward, we can asking for NA forgiveness. <laughs> like we can come together though. Like I'm, I'm saying, I like back to NA pubs. <laughs> well, no, honestly, NA the toxicity towards me is not I'm that not great. Like there's not that much. Fuck, guys, this <laughs> isn't about were, me. Damn it! Wait, when you came <laughs> back for the in-house games like a week or two ago, you weren't talking the entire draft. You weren't in Discord the entire draft. Oh, that's like, just you know, me in general when I'm. You were like yeah. Brian's pretty. Peter was like Brian's pretty on edge, guys. I don't know if he doesn't want to talk to NA players. He's kind of timid right now. And these. Okay, well that's just Peter stirring up shit, dude. That's just Peter. Staring at shit. That's funny. Uh, the point is, like, I actually don't feel like the toxicity towards me that is that high. I'm not really concerned about that. My main concern is that, like, um, you know, moving forward from this, you know, I brought we brought to attention this subject, but like, do you think? The, you guys have made this more awkward than I planned it to be. How is it awkward? I'm you, laughing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. So I don't know yeah, yeah, you guys have really, you guys have really yeah, derailed. I don't know what you want us to say. No, no, no. So like the thing is, right? The thing is that like you know, I was trying to take control of the situation by forcing a really awkward situation upon you guys, 
And then you presented me with a situation where I now have to move forward. I have to progress the conversation. And I actually don't know how to do that. So any last thoughts from any of you guys on anything you want to talk about? I'm good. Fuck, man. Come on. Anybody? Help me out. Anybody? Gunner? Husky? Husky, Husky you're oh, looking I, a little stiff I'll there, say, still. I'll say you mentioned earlier. I mean, you referred to as the when you were talking about Highmar players not calling each other out. You referred to that as gatekeeping, which I don't think that is. I don't know what you're being gatekept from in that. Oh, uh, that was poor. Those, I don't view those things as the same thing. Sure, sure. I yeah. mean, in your original argument too, you you talked about how gatekeeping was a big issue with an NA. Is that just the same thing where it was like a, a missed term, or do you think gatekeeping still exists in NA? Because I'd say gatekeeping was an issue like four or five years ago with in-house leagues. But I don't think that's an issue at all anymore. There's nothing to be gatekept from, really. So. I'm curious. <laughs> that, that is a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, 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 when I say gatekeeping, it's in, in the sense that it is now. I, I think that was a big problem in the development of the scene four or five mm-hmm. years ago, and I do think it sure. has had a lasting impact on what's currently happening. But I do think up until at least very recently, the, the there's a clear wedge between the people who think they're pro and good enough to be pro and all the other people. Like I, 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 when I so I guess when I say gatekeeping, it's not necessarily. It's more so in this case like clicks, and more so like you're. It's like you're either one of us or you're not. And I do think that part still exists. But well, I, I'll say like for that, from my experience, like I don't know, like two, three years ago when I started playing on teams, it even back then, but like pretty recently, the teams would just get made for qualifiers. Like there'd be some major qualifier. You make your team of players, you're like, we can win these open qualifiers. And if you win it, you get destroyed the next five days in closed qualifiers. If you don't win it, then you're like, all right, guys, we'll see what shuffle of players we get for the next qualifier in three months or four months or whatever. And I think that like wedge or whatever could be because there's not like a reason for teams to stick together, especially right now, because they're so limited tournaments. Like Europe has a full like tier one tournament and tier two tournament going on like at the same time. There's like 16 teams playing in tournaments like consistently, right? I believe. Um, and in NA, it's hard to get the non-top. Like we have what, like four teams in NA that have been consistent? Yeah. And like you said, we're we're like the, the newest team that's like a consistent team in this region. And that was mostly because like we, we started and we had like good results and we all like started with the idea that we're going to stick together and we we're gonna like play as a team, and I think it's the the biggest thing about NA right now is giving. I think Monkey said earlier, it's like giving basically a non top four NA team a reason to be a team rather than just playing pubs. Hope you get picked up by one of those top four teams. So I saw my my last question would be then I saw a Crit earlier talking about how in pubs you're forced to choose between playing to win or like playing to be, but like playing to improve and playing to be like playing properly. Um, Mm -hmm. so at what point as a region, like, I I feel like the, the, there's a heavy weight on like the majority of players play to win rather than play to like play as a team. Yeah. So in the, in the time between now and maybe regional leagues or when the time, if this occurs that other teams have incentive to be a team, do you think for the time being, there's anything as players that can be done to help the region move in the right direction, such well, as that. Like that point is like, if you're not on a top four team in NA, like if you're teamless, the only way, like 
the best way to be on a team is to be better than your respective role in one of those four teams. It's like the only way you'll actually be on a team right now that gets results and plays in tournaments. So you're saying the environment forces people to play like that and there's just no getting around that? I think right now with no with no ways for teams that aren't top four to... Your best bet to be a pro is to get as high in the ladder as you can and then wait for someone to, to get kicked or injured and then hope that you're the, the, the you, first you're replacement. You're their first choice, yeah. yeah. That was like my mentality for a while. I mean, I, I do a queue with Mew for a while and my meme was I'm fierce understudy because if that guy ever has a hand injury, I'm hoping it called up to active duty. Um, and then this team formed and uh, yeah, it was just kind of random. So, But otherwise, that was going to be my plan for the next... I was only going to give it like another year because you can only do that for so long. You just play 12 games a day and wait around for something to happen. It's really, it's a really shitty mentality. But that's just kind of the truth. Like I played a bunch of these like tier two teams, like not even tier two, like tier three teams plays two or three years and after a while you're like the 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 players don't put enough time into being like focused on dota and they're just not good enough to make it worth playing on those teams it's really really hard because there's no scene for it. there's no like tournaments to improve and play versus other teams it's just blind scrims over and over and over and no one knows how to actually actively improve because they don't understand the concepts that you need to know to improve at that level so it's really hard okay i agree uh i i do agree (laughs) i I agree no, it's like part of it's for me. I went through this like week or two of damn, the situation we're in right now just sucks, you know? It, uh, uh, and like, I think for everyone, it's important to like that you have that processing time or whatever. But I do think acknowledgement and then thinking of anything we can do. So, a lot of what I wanted to do today was just hear anything you guys thought about, you know, what potentially could be causing this. I think that was pretty well thought out and talked about. But we also tried to talk about is whatever we could do to possibly fix this, like, or help in any way we can. So, you know, it's a tough subject. We're not going to come out of this with all the magic answers. Uh, but I do appreciate you guys coming on and uh, having an honest discussion with me. And I'm sure, Husky, I hope you queue later tonight because I want my MMR back, sir. <laughs> Just want to make that. I think you can clear. beat me, Brian. That's crazy. And I'll try to find a game when Arteezy's not finding and see if you can actually find a fucking game. Okay, thanks for watching, everybody. I'll let you guys go. Thanks for having taking time out of your day, Gunner and Husky. And I'll see you next week, monkeys. Good luck in your guys' games. You guys got anything this week for everyone watching? For the four Zoomers? Four Zoomers (laughs) fans? No. Well, that's not good. Okay, sign off. Cut it. Cut it. We'll we'll edit that in post. See you guys later. Not that. Bye. Uh. Just for the record, guys, if you do want to be a part of the podcast, we're going to be trying to institute more people-submitted content, so we're going to be doing, um, we have all that information on Patreon. It's a, I have a Patreon for my content, and then Monkeys and I have a Patreon for the podcast, where you can either support the podcast or look to pay a little bit more to have content of your own submitted to the podcast. Uh, if that is something that interests you, type exclamation point podcast in chat. You'll see the Patreon link there. Check it out. Uh, don't have to do it at all. We'll do the podcast no matter what. We enjoy talking about anything and everything Dota. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.